118 of Good Luck High Five. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play the game of magic, whether you're sitting at home playing some arena by yourself you know, across the internet with other people. Well, yeah, yeah. You get what I'm saying. Uh, you're sitting you can't around a table with some friends. You can't goldfish arena yet. Yeah. Ooh, what if you could, though? Well, I don't want to do it. Well, I don't know why you would. Fair enough. Sure. Why would you? Never mind. We don't need to you discuss that. You can just play that. in the free league. Exactly. Anyway. Well. For any so, reason. For any reason. Um, or if you're sitting around a table with some friends or heading out to your local game store for an FNM, we are here for you. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And we've got a great show for you today. We just got off a plane from Mythic Championship Cleveland. And oh boy, am I tired. I mean, seriously, my arms and the rest of me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And... We came back to a cold, bleak winter wi- landscape. Oh, yes. I almost said winter windscape, which well, would also be correct. Cleveland was a winter windscape as well. It was. But this is even winterier and windscapier. Yes. And it killed my car's battery. Yeah. We it killed it good. Tried to jump Megan's car and her hood wouldn't stay open because the mechanism was broken. That's right. So we found a mic stand and a trunk to prop it open <laughs> because we're always on brand. Podcasting coming in handy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was a very... Very opposite of warm welcome here for us. Yeah, but you know what? We're here for you doing the episode. We released the upkeep yesterday. That's right. All of that magic news condensed down into just 10 minutes or less. No takes, no hot takes, no cold takes, no takes on it at all. Just the cold, hard facts. If you want to subscribe to the upkeep, we've got links in the show notes to this podcast. It's available anywhere fine podcasts are found. That's Um, right. You can also add it as an Alexa skill now. That's true. Which is super sweet. Um, an amazing supporter of the show just went out and made that for us, which we so appreciate. And it, if you add it if in the morning, if there's a new upkeep that you haven't heard, Alexa will play it as part of your news updates. That's so cool. It really is. It's the coolest. So yeah, we were at Mythic Championship Cleveland mm-hmm. covering it for Wizards of the Coast. So we've got all the inside info on how that show went down. It was incredible. More on that later. Uh, we're also going to talk about um, an article from Mark Rosewater. Yes. If when kind of uh, download. And Maria, he called you out. <laughs> he called you out good. Yeah, he did. We'll, we'll talk about that. I just <laughs> I got I got my hand slapped by Mark Rosewater. Yeah, you really did. You were like a kid in the cookie jar of, of magic ideas nonsense. yeah planer oh. nonsense wow which, which is an alternative title to our show i think it sounds like a great name for a cookie yes planer nonsense is just like you know when you make a stew with just whatever you have in the kitchen planer nonsense that sounds like like a monster cookie yeah monster cookie oh there's already a name for it but they should call it planer nonsense it. yeah but Anyways, well, I pitched an idea to him and it, it wasn't good enough uh, for a variety of reasons. But a lot of other people ask questions to Mark, like, will this happen or uh, or when will it happen? And Mark responds with if and or when and when is like pretty sure like that's going to happen. And then yeah. if is less sure. And so we'll go through all the ideas people have for him and whether or not they have like a good chance of ever happening. That's right. We'll also have a brief story time. With Megan, which is me, where I'll update you on what's happened with the Golgari on Ravnica. Ooh. The story for the Golgari was very messed up. Ooh, excellent. I'm We've super excited. We've talked about excited. how some of the other ones were also they messed were. up. They were. We had a Demir one, w- magic baby. That's true. This one was so messed up. I'm in. Also, okay, never mind. Don't save it. 
Oh, what? I mean, it's not about that. Oh, it's about Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> but I just okay. decided that it's we're just I don't want to give spoilers for anyone who <laughs> hasn't watched the full series. OK, great. So I just won't. Great. Uh, looking out, looking out. Yes. Right before we get into the show, a uh, huge thank you to everybody who joined our Patreon family this month for the Patreon Pledge Drive. As you know, this is our last show that's part of the February Patreon Pledge Drive. So thank you, everybody who joined. It was just a monumental outpouring of just wonderful support and support from from our community and we couldn't be happier thank you everyone who called 612 fossils with with a z Z. um and left up less left us a message like this one here hi megan and maria this is joe i wanted to share with you some information that i think everybody needs to know it's how to do the perfect high five every time because there's nothing worse than kind of a halfway high five that's doesn't have the satisfying pop to it. So the secret is when you're giving someone a high five, look at their elbow. Don't look at their hand. Look at the elbow that they're high fiving with. And if you both look at each other's elbows, when you do the high five, it'll be perfect every time. I encourage you to test out this theory. It just is eternally delightful to me. Oh, yes. To get those messages. Um, and to anyone who messaged us um, on Patreon or sent us an email, it really yeah. it has just made us feel so supported during a time when we feel like things are kind of up in the air um, or generally the ground is a little uneven beneath your feet. Right. It's a little bit easier to bear um, when there are other people out there who, who've got your back. I hope you'll consider um, continuing your support after February is done because it really does mean a lot to us and we still really do need your help. Um, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to show something off. Ooh, okay. That we made this. Oh, this is, I'm just going to, I'm just going to cover for a second. I'm vamping. I look it. Whoa. It's a, uh, for those of you who are only listening and not watching, it's our beautiful sign of our Ravnica heroes, the sign of deeply overdue. Yeah. Um, but we couldn't find anywhere that only wanted to let us buy one sign, <laughs> which sounds weird. For, for not like a million dollars. Exactly. But eventually we were able to find a company that would let us purchase a single sign from them. Um, if you're trying to get into the sign business, may we recommend selling single signs to people. Yeah. Um, but it's for all the people who help contribute to make Ravnica happen last year and which is our office space. Yes. So thank you so much. That's going to be hung up on our wall wall very shortly, but I just want to show everyone. I'm so, so happy and so thankful for those Ravnica supporters and big thanks to card kingdom for being our awesome sponsor CardKingdom.com slash G L H F. Use that link. If there's anything you want to buy magic related in your entire life and ask for a good luck, high five sticker in your order. They'll give it to you for free. Yes. Also, um, sick personal brags. For all the people out there who have for months now asked me why I didn't have Vivian Reed's yes. haircut. <laughs> if you're not watching the video, she does you don't now. know yet, but now I have Vivian Reed's she haircut. She does. Here Oh, it it's so good. <laughs> it is so good. I love that you got it and you're just like, somebody asked, like, why don't you have it? And you thought to yourself, I do not have a good answer. I don't have a good answer for why I don't. It was true. And at first I thought I was going to put it off, but then I woke up last week and it was like, I'm done. Yeah, you got it. You and yeah. Vivian Reed right now yeah. looking great. 
And by the way, Card Kingdom's blog on their website right now has an article about how to play Mono Blue, the deck that took down the Mythic Championship Cleveland, and how to beat it. So um, go check that out on their blog. Great company, cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. Uh, let's talk about Mythic Championship Cleveland, the first ever Mythic Championship. That's right. It's an incredible event. It was an incredible event. Yeah. Um, if you're like, Mythic Championship, say what? Uh, it's basically the Pro That's Tour. That's the Pro Tour with a it new is, name. It's the renamed Pro Tour. Um, eventually, in a couple months, it will be expanded. It includes both um, arena events and tabletop events that are Mythic Championships. Yeah, so tabletop events, same as the Pro Tours were. Uh, there's a few more this year, still like hundreds of players heading to them. The Arena Mythic mm-hmm. Championships, on the other hand, are only 52 players, but will be for even, I was going to say, as much money, but it's actually more money <laughs> than the Mythic Championship Hot tabletop. Dang, kids. But yeah, the first one this past weekend, and it was a little tough getting used to saying Mythic Championship, but you know what? We got there. We got there. You certainly did. So where to even start? I, I mean, there is so much to talk about. There, it's, it could be beginning to end a Pro Tour Mythic Championship show. It really could. Let's talk about the highlight. Okay. The number one highlight, the winner of the whole thing, Autumn Burchett. Yes. Yay. Incredible. It was, it was both amazing to watch and also the whole time I just kept thinking like, of course they're going to win. Yeah. They're an incredible magic player. And you said it yesterday, I think, or today you said it was their tournament to win. And I felt that from the last rounds of the Swiss. Yeah, exactly. I think that even they went into, they went into day two with a record of like seven and one, which is incredible uh, for the mythic championship. And from then on, it was just like, yeah, Yeah. I believe that they're going to do this. And we were even talking about how a couple of years back, in one of their very first pro tours, they didn't make the top eight, but they had the they went something like nine and one in in the standard rounds. Yes, um, which you knew because they post the standard deck lists by record. Yeah, and Autumn was there alone. Yeah, like that was the only nine and one deck list. And I remember looking at that and just being like, "That's it's so that's wild, so hard to get that record in standard. That's an incredible in record." Field. And this is the thing, too. Autumn said, I had this great constructed record at that past Pro Tour, but my draft performance wasn't good. And so I said to myself, I need to start working on draft and working on it hard. And they did. And they approached it. They said, kind of like building a standard deck when you're drafting. And I thought that was really cool. And then started to turn around the draft performance. And at this tournament, only had one loss in draft. One loss in draft. Undefeated in the first draft. To none other than Reed Duke, who was a (laughs) 6-0 drafter at the event. Yes, yes. (laughs) And their their deck from the first um, from the first draft of the tournament was Simic, and I was talking to Autumn about it, and they said, "Well, I just wanted to make sure my opponent's creatures never became untapped." So it was like <laughs> a couple of Chillbringers, uh, a couple of a little Shark to Crab, Shark to Crab, Shark yeah. to Crab action. Yeah. So like, I just love that identifying yeah. the weakness and saying, "You know what? I'm going to beat that weakness down with a hammer exactly. and make it not a weakness anymore." They even talked about winning. A game with that Simic deck through Ethereal Absolution yes. that their opponent has. Yeah. Which is just considered awesome. like one of the bomb rares of the format. So this is a historic moment for Magic because Autumn is the first non-male 
competitor to win a mythic championship or a pro tour and also the first trans person non-binary person to win a mythic championship which is huge and in their winner interview which is just like oh my gosh if you want to cry go watch it yeah it's so so touching and wonderful autumn talked about the inspiration of melissa detora making a top eight yeah you know a few years ago uh, the first woman to make a top eight like as a huge inspiration to keep going and go for that goal yeah absolutely um it's it's an incredible interview all of the interviews that autumn gave over the they weekend they were all so good they were all really good um when they're talking about like the formats again just an incredible magic player who just knows what's going on absolutely and has so much insight into all of it and then also just having this real sense of they're not a stoic magic player at all. I love it. Um, Emotion. Exactly. Ah! (laughs) It's really nice to see someone um, be able to admit that this, this matters a lot. Yeah. Because if it doesn't matter to you that much, why are you doing it? Yeah. (laughs) It was wonderful. The moment autumn run was rushed by some friends, including Emma handy into the feature match area, a huge hug. It was so beautiful. Yeah. Um, I, I did a deck tech with autumn on the mono blue tempo deck that they brought to the tournament. And, Wow, what a great insight into tuning a deck for a Pro Tour. Sorry, Mythic Championship. Um, (laughs) Because they hit the nail on the head. This was the right deck to bring. Yeah. Period. Okay. And I talked to so many players, just moving a little bit into talking about like the standard format. Yeah. I talked to so many players who brought that deck, who just believed, and you could see players who had brought it, who were tweeting about it, just believing that they had the best deck in the room. Yeah. Which is not a feeling, you know, that people always have at the Mythic Championship. No. A lot of the times it's just like, well, we've built what what we can, what we I'm playing what I know, or I'm playing what I think is going to be good, but I can't be certain. Yeah. And they looked at that meta game breakdown on day one and they were just like, Yeah, yeah, we've got it. We made the right choice. Yeah. And Autumn specifically, I wanna call it one more thing. Um, had tweaked the mono blue list to be slightly more controlling by cutting back on miscloak heralds in the list. And a lot of people, I think, thought this was a mistake. They're like, no, that's not what mono blue wants to do. Mono blue wants to play the one drop and they want to put Curious Obsession on it. Yeah. If you're not doing that, what are you doing? You're going to lose. And I think we saw through Autumn's play in the top eight, especially how that was the right decision. Yeah, that if you want to watch some honestly just like incredible games of magic that to me feel right sometimes you watch a timeless match that's always going to be great magic and autumn versus reed in the semifinals is a mono blue tempo mirror and i remember i was standing at the back of like the spectator area in the hall and i was watching the final turns of the game and I could like feel my heart in my chest. Yeah, I'm getting goosebumps That's just how thinking about hard this my, match. My chest was beating. And there were so many times when Autumn pulled out victories that were like they were attacked down to one. Yeah. And then clawed Came their back. back way, their way back in. There were times when they in the quarterfinals um, against uh, Julian Berto. Yes. They discarded to hand size. Yes, that happened. Kept a one lander. With and, an opt. and missed on two ops exactly which everyone agrees like that's not a bad hand to no. keep that's a great hand um but missed yeah ended up discarding the hand size and went on to win that game and then in the finals match versus yoshihiko ikawa who was playing esper control the g- game it came down to game five yep talk about a nail biter it looked like esper was going to win it looked like yeah it looked like ikawa was gonna like turn that ship around ikawa had all the tools in hand yeah but Autumn 
outplayed him. It, it was, was so good. unbelievable. Obviously, honestly, we could keep gushing. I mean, seriously, about this I, for forever. We've been to a lot of pro tours or mythic championships. Okay, this yes. top eight was stellar. If you want to watch some good games of Magic that yes. are just super fun to watch, also, yeah, check out those matches, particularly the one versus Reed Duke and the finals. Yeah. Um, and that being said, there were also other matches in the top eight. <laughs> yeah, that happened. There too. were other <laughs> matches in the top eight. <laughs> Sure, 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 sure. Many of which were very good magic. Yeah, should we talk about um, what we got? What actually got into the top eight here? Yeah, absolutely. So we had, in addition to three copies of Mono Blue, which only lost to itself. Yes, I love that. Um, it it was blue versus blue in the quarter quarterfinals and blue versus blue in the semifinals. Yeah. So the blue players were Autumn Burchett, Julian Berteau from France and Reed Duke, of course, of the USA, who this was his fourth top uh, fourth MC top eight, which yes. is Hall of Fame territory. If the Hall of Fame still exists as we know it. Exactly. And also already in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Luis Scott Vargas. Uh, notched his 10th. Number 10. 10th top eight. Which is getting into unbelievable territory. And it's something, also, they, he, like, they talk about um, the best players in the game. And by they, I mean, like, the Twitterverse yeah. was talking about the best players in the game and was just like, is Luis now in I consideration mean, as potentially the best player of all time? I think that's a, that is a fair conversation yeah. to have. I honestly do. You know, I he has been in the top Oh gosh, there's some statistic about how well exactly. he's, he's done. But in the I can't last remember. couple of pro tours alone, yeah, like we're talking about like the last five pro tours that LSV has played, yeah, something like like three of them, yeah, and he's top eighted. It was so like, funny. What? There was this moment at the desk where I was like getting emotional over an autumn win, and I was trying to keep it together. And somebody was talking about this LSV fact, and, <laughs> and I was talking to Simon, and I'm just like, and I didn't pick him in my fantasy league because I thought to myself, all right, he top eighted the last one. Can he top eight this one? No. Oh, that's ridiculous. I'm <laughs> such an idiot. I just like had a moment of I'm like, I'm so stupid. <laughs> which, it's LSV. Which is a real emotion I had. <laughs> I'm sitting there like I couldn't believe he it. He can top eight whatever oh, he wants to. Just like, well, yeah, I feel like go top eight. Anyway, what yeah. else made it into the top eight? There was a Simic Nexus deck. Uh, this was Michael Bonda. Yeah, and Michael Bonda from, it was it's my first experience yes, with from him. From Denmark. From Denmark. Such a great guy. Had just had a baby daughter named Dawn. He seemed super happy, and he danced his way yes. into the top eight announcement. It was it really was cute. great. Yeah. Uh, someone made a gif of it online. And Beautiful it was gif. Delightful. And yeah, this Simic Nexus deck, we've talked about it. This is kind of the flavor of the month as far as Nexus goes. Mm -hmm. um, but only one copy here in the top eight. Yes, I obviously really appreciate this deck. Oh, yes. Um, then we had Marcio Carvalho on Azorius Agro. Yeah. And Carvalho also, this was his Number sixth six. top eight. And again, we're looking at in the just the last couple of years, him picking up the majority of yeah. those top eights. And I think it's kind of unfortunate uh, that he, you know, is, you know, not in consideration as like one of the yeah. greats of all time because he has a shady past for cheating yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, because... Honestly, this guy is yeah. is incredible at magic. Yeah. I mean, all that other stuff notwithstanding, um, this number six is absurd. Yeah. <laughs> um, he he is obviously just like incredibly skilled. Yes. 
Um, and I think it goes to show don't cheat. Yeah, just don't. You don't, <laughs> don't need to. Ever, don't ever, because even if it was years in your past, people don't forget. The magic it. community will not forget. Long memories. And I feel like I I hope um that at some like and I feel like a lot of players are slowly coming to the point where they're able to talk about Marcio. Um, without having that at the forefront of their minds. Yeah. I don't know that it will ever go away completely. Yeah. Um, and I do think that it's it's interesting to me. I notice um, a lot of, like, Brazilian players, like a lot of South American and Portuguese players. Um, they love him. They, they love him. And they know how good he is at the game. And they talk a lot about how good he is at the game. And I just... Part of me wishes that... I feel like they've they have this attitude of like, they just shouldn't touch it because yeah. everyone else is bringing it up constantly. Yeah. But honestly, I would love to I see wish he would address people it. and not even Marcio, but like some of, some of his most adamant supporters, like, right. I super respect Carlos Romau and I would love to see when Romau is out there being like, why are we not talking about Marcio for hall of fame? Yeah. I would love to see him be like, this is why I believe uh, that would be great. That I can, that I could vote for him. I, now. Would, I would love to hear yeah. that. Um, mono white aggro, the deck of choice here, or sorry, Azorius aggro. The, the blue is in it only for the sideboard here, uh, for cards like negate and disdainful stroke and that kind of thing. Uh, when, if, if you put mono white and Azorius aggro kind of in the same category, yeah. it was a huge percentage of the field too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we had Esper control, which was Yoshihiko Ikawa's list. You like this deck, Megan? I do. I really like it. It's hey, beautiful. Kaya, Kaya yeah, comes on in out of the sideboard, which was great. We got to see Kaya kill some Terramanders. It was some cool. Cloaked heralds. It's like, hey, Kaya, you're seeing play. Yeah, you're plus one yep. or not, not irrelevant. Mine. Minus, oh, a minus one? What is I it? I think the minus, it's her minus one. Yes, minus, minus one, one exile. Not irrelevant. Exactly. It's pretty good. Yeah. Super sweet deck. Yes. Also, this deck notably runs two Cry of the Carnarian, <laughs> which gives all creatures minus two, minus two until end of turn. Seems pretty good in yes. this field. Getting around any indestructible shenanigans. Alex Magilton brought Gruel Agro, which is kind of a misnomer because it is just mono red aggro. Once again, much like Marcio's list, the green in this deck is only for cards out of the sideboard, which is Collision Colossus and Cinder Vines. Yeah. And then last, we have Is It Phoenix? This is what lsv was playing super surprising because i it seemed like the metagame had settled on the idea that is it drakes was the best way to go with this kind of strategy yeah um but this was obviously like the highest finisher of those kinds of blue red tempo and drakes decks i know i was walking about amongst the players and i saw some um arclight phoenixes on the table across from a cfb person i was like what say what <laughs> like is it drinks um, is around this card anymore didn't you get the memo i really liked though and i thought this was this was great there was murmuring mystic in the sideboard of this and i've seen this deck i've seen the is it drake's deck try to come up with a lot of ways to fight against the mono white aggro because that is well, that can be a very it. difficult matchup um, espe like, especially in game one and you need to come back with a solid way to win games two and three yeah. or win the post board games um and Murmuring Mystic is just like, I had seen other ones using like the Pirate Wrath, the two damage to everything. Pirate yeah. Clasm, which is not the card's real name, but I'm not remembering it. Anyways, and it's just not effective because sometimes they're too big. Like yeah. that doesn't kill Snubhorn Sentry, but just having a bunch of birds does the trick. Yeah, I love it. 
Great stuff. Really, really exciting. Top eight, a diverse standard. Mm -hmm. Paul Chian, who now works for R&D over at Wizards of the Coast, said he was very happy. You know, he had worked on this set and everyone was glad to see how healthy and vibrant standard was. And I don't think like there's not room for innovation. I do think there's still room to play some wild decks. We saw Joe So from Singapore play a Mardu aggro deck. That's right. This was my personal fave. And it was a Judith deck, basically. But it had a vampire like sub theme to it. Yes, it did. So it played this card. Get ready for it. Vicious Conquistador, which is a one-two... For a single black mana. That when it attacks, drains the opponent. Or sorry, I shouldn't say drains. Or does it drain? I don't remember. Can you look it up quick? I can't. Either way, your opponent takes an extra one when it attacks, but I don't remember if you also... What's the name of it again? um, Vicious Conquistador, if you also gain a life off that attack. It had that card. It had Dusk Legion. No, what am I thinking? Dusk Legion Dell, the one that comes in and draws you a card. Each opponent loses one okay, life. Okay, so they just lose one life. Yeah. Um. And yeah. It's great. <laughs> I love it. Same. He, he came in ninth, so just missed out on the top eight. So it's a little sad. So but, close. Um, really cool deck there. And you can find all the decks on dailymtg.com. And now we're going to talk about our leagues that we were playing in our fantasy leagues for Mythic Championship Cleveland. That's right. Thank you to everyone who joined the leagues. We hope that you had as great a time as we did uh, playing in them. So first off, we've got the Players League, and this was a pick 10. You got three points uh, per match win that they had, and then players that make the top eight got another three plus three for every match win in the top eight. So you could, if you got people into the top eight... You did well, you probably. You could really do well. Okay, so... So the winner overall... Yes, of was, everyone who played. Of everyone who played was Paul freaking Chian. <laughs> Not again! His full name. Uh, yeah, this is, the, in fact, the second time that he has won. Paul takes us very seriously, to be fair. Yes. I'm way more seriously than I think even we took it. I mean, look at that. <laughs> look at this. He picked three people who ended up in the top eight. That's true. There's Reed Duke, Marcio Carvalho, and Luis Scott Vargas. Great like, picks. Wow. Uh, then there was also Shota, PV, Javier Dominguez, Huey, Owen, Alexandra Hain, and his poorest performing player, Yuya Watanabe. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, great One great of the all time greats, but just, you know, not this tournament. So we also played with listeners, and the highest finishing listener in this pool is going to get a prize package from us, and that, for this time around, is Chaos Orbison. Congratulations. They picked the winner of the whole thing in theirs, Autumn Burchett, um, Reed Duke, Luis Scott Vargas, (laughs) another three people who made it into that top eight, and the winner of the whole thing. Also, Christian Calcano, uh, William Huey Jensen. Gre- Gregory Michael. Amateur Pro Greg. Amateur Pro Greg, who nice got pick. a nice solid 27 points. Same yes. as Matt Ness. Well done, Greg. Yeah. Um, so nice, nice work. Chaos Orbison. You've done it. So now we're going to, we've got to play between me and you. How oh, did our um, teams do? Let's see. I did the worst of almost anyone. Well, you did better than Greg, who that's, picked the Midwestern Grinders. That's true. Um, I did, I did it incredibly poorly and you did... Very poorly, but slightly better than me. Nice. Nice. So, I'll take it. you know, you weren't dead last. I almost was. <laughs> we also had our pick 10 cards league. And uh, this way, this one is, can you scroll up to the the points for these? Yes. Uh, each, each card will earn your team three points per copy that appears in the main deck of a deck in the top eight, plus one point per copy in the sideboard. 
And this was won by Simon Gertzen, who came in second in the players. Yes. And then second in this one was Paul, Paul. who came in first in the players. So Simon and Paul <laughs> obviously have this thing on lockdown. Well done. They're working the system. They are. Uh, so let's see. Simon's got opt. Terramander, dive down, charter course, just went all in. I mean, on that mono blue deck. Looks like Simon knew what was up. Yeah. Plus, uh, shock, lightning strike, hydroid crisis, and three cards didn't even make three cards that it. didn't make it at all, and he still managed to Unbelievable. win. Unbelievable! Because he was so far, he was so invested in those ones. And then our listener winner is Greg Lieberton. Good job, Greg! Congratulations, Greg. You'll be getting a prize package from us as well. Great choices on your cards, only two of which weren't in the top eight. That's Once right. again, green cards, same as yeah. Simon. Um, we had Opt, Terramander as the top two, once again, plus some Dauntless Bodyguard, History of Banalia. Very nice. Very nice work. Thanks once again to the designer of ThousandLeagues.com for helping us out with making these teams this time around. It's even going to be easier next time on the next Mythic Championship to actually build teams and play. Yeah. Um, so more info on that once that comes around. In this one, Maria, you placed 11th overall. <laughs> out of 50. Yes. And I placed 8th. So okay. still not good. Well, you know. Still quite bad. <laughs> I want to remember. I don't even remember what I picked. Okay. I had Terramander and Charter Course. Top two performers. Nice. Shock. Chemistry's Insight. Gitu Lava Runner, which did not pan Hot out well take. for me at all. But I only had one card that didn't make it, which was Jade Light Ranger. That's so funny. Simon missed on three. You missed on one. And he still won he by still like won. leagues. Yes. By Dude. quite a bit. Wow. So, well, you know. It was fun. to everyone who played. It's always, it's one of my favorite parts of any Mythic yeah, Championship. Yeah, I love it. Our leagues. Because it's like we're playing two, kind of. Yeah. All right. Anyway, like, great show. Mythic Championship Cleveland, awesome. We mentioned it before. Go back and watch some of the matches if you didn't. They are excellent magic and all that. And you know what? Next one's coming up in six or eight weeks. I don't know what day it is. I think the next one is in six weeks. No, it's in like eight. Is that unbelievable? It is, but it's at the end of the, it is, it's at the end of April. Oh, is it? That's eight weeks. Yes, it is. Okay, eight weeks. That still doesn't feel like too long. No, it's not very long. Oh, boy. Buckle up. All right, friends, we're going to talk about an if-when article from Mark Rosewater that he posts on his Tumblr. And what does an if-when article mean, Maria? Sure. So this is a big thing that Mark does about once a year where people can write in about something that could potentially happen in magic, like be created as a card or a concept or a plane or a mechanic, something like that. And Mark Rosewater will respond if it's an if, like this may happen, or a when, as if this is certain to happen at yeah. some point in history. And he even breaks it down more granularly than that and says a minor if like this is a this is a kind of a probably not likely to happen to a major when and that means basically gonna happen sometime in the near future so an example of this somebody put in legendary werewolf yes and mark rosewater responded with a major when yes so legendary werewolf definitely gonna happen i think that's pretty cool all right yeah um, we have Kamigawa returns, minor if. I'll upshift Kamigawa from major if to minor if, as if as, like Lorwyn, there's been a lot of enfranchised fan support for the idea. Yeah, a lot of people talk about this all the time, going back to Kamigawa, and this does not feel like it's going to happen. <laughs> but I suppose, oh, I guess major if is even worse chance of happening than minor if. Yeah. But doesn't seem like it's on their radar for the near future. Yep. 
Um, planeswalker from Lorwyn. Minor win. For all I know, someone we already know is from Lorwyn. If not, my guess is we'll meet someone from Lorwyn eventually. I am a huge pusher for going back to Lorwyn. Yeah. I want this to happen ASAP. <laughs> this is the plane I most want to revisit other than Theros. And I think a lot of people have support for this as the plane they want to return to. What would you want to return to if you could? Um, I mean, I think Theros. I really love Theros. It's beautiful. Theros is it's great. It's very cool. Theros yeah. is the coolest. So that's my pick also. Okay, great, 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 great. Um, teaser regarding a card put into a design file ahead of release. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I assume that will happen from time to time. Minor win. Allies on a world other than Zendikar. And this refers to the creature type ally. This is a minor win. So yes. probably going to happen. And a lot of people like allies. It's a modern deck that's very silly that Tim Willoughby likes to play. And you can look it up online if you're into a very silly modern deck that can do a billion damage out of almost nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sliver Planeswalker. (laughs) Sliver is a creature type. Major if. Being a planeswalker is about being an individual and slivers are about a hive mind. (laughs) Oh, come on. Like the Borg Queen couldn't be a planeswalker? Um, It's shaped... uh, also, a spark is not something a shape-shifting ability can copy, so a sliver couldn't share its spark with other slivers. Wow, Mark went deep on that answer. Yeah. I think I think it would be awesome. You know my deal with planeswalkers is I want to see more weird stuff become planeswalkers. Yeah, like a rock. Like a rock. Well, you could argue that that's kind of Karn-like. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Karn is made of silver and is a golem. I want a frog planeswalker. That's Yargle? what I usually say. Yeah, uh, Lar- Yargle. Yargle Walker. I would love that. Creature that can copy an ability, not just activated abilities. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Copying any ability has some rules implications that have yet to be worked out. Creatures can become copies of other creatures. So that's a minor if. Okay. Interaction with emblems is a minor when. So this is a possibility of happening. Um, minor I when. Mean, there are certainly times when I've been like, I wish I could destroy that emblem. Me too. So maybe... But you put it at the same time, you put in a lot of work to get it. You you sure do. So it better so, be worth like yeah. put in the work to destroy it. Exactly. Okay. Well, I, I like that answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, a colored cycle of enchantment lands. This is a major if, so not going to happen. Enchantment matters is a major win. So this is our second major win we've got. Yes. All right. So sweet. This, this maybe says like a Theros 2.0 to me. Yeah. For sure. Theros, land of enchantments. Vanilla matters. <laughs> Major if. It's, it's got small design space and doesn't no. play particularly well. A deck of vanilla creatures that don't do anything unless you draw your vanilla matters cards. <laughs> I love this idea. I love, okay, hot take. I love every idea Mark Rosewater hates. Yeah, I think that is what the conclusion that we're coming to. <laughs> That's so funny. I think it would be great. A changeling planeswalker is a minor if yeah i believe and mark says i believe a shapeshifter planeswalker is more likely oh okay that's kind of cool sets reusing future site mechanics minor if (laughs) we've used or tweaked the most obvious ones i could imagine us using one but it's far from certain yeah i agree with that they made up some weird stuff they really did Another iteration on Joyra, Major Wen. She's a beloved character on a popular world. Odds of her getting another card are high. Sweet. Nice. I love Joyra. We're big Joyra fans over here. Yeah. Animal Planeswalker, Minor If. 
Oh, come on, Mark. I just said I want a toad planeswalker, and already you're stomping my idea into the ground. Like a toad. <laughs> I can't believe I called it. Oh, dang it. At least it's not a major if. Uh, yeah, but it is a minor if. Okay. Mood swings in print. Major if. What does I don't that know. even mean? I mean? It's probably referring to some kind of mechanic yeah. or something from before. Something online? I don't know. Um, Davriel in a standard legal set. Minor win. We eventually turn most known planeswalkers into cards. Eventually. Okay, so this is the planeswalker referred to in the Brandon Saverson. Saver well, how do you say it? Sanderson novel. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so this was kind of the lead character in that novel. Very cool. Four color cards, but not in a cycle. Oh, okay. That's a minor when, so that has a pretty good pop. Minor if. Oh, where am I? Yeah, minor, minor if. Uh, so yeah, that seems like it might happen, but it's not a priority here. Yeah. Um, let's just, I'm going to skip to ones that I think are kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, standard legal legendary white black angel. Minor when. Okay. I, he it. says we make a lot of legendary angels, so I assume we'll make one eventually. <laughs> That's a fair answer. More two iconic creature type creatures like Demon Dragon. Ooh, nice. I like Demon Dragon. Demon Minor win. It requires the right story to support, but I assume it will happen eventually. This is my favorite. A competitive Simic deck for standard. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Simic Nexus just happened. Yeah. This says major they mean, win. They mean like creature Simic. Oh, I okay. Yeah, I, I assume they do too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a standard set with more legendary creatures than normal, not as much as Dominaria. It's <laughs> like a weird bracket Some, there. Somewhere in the middle, I guess. Yes. Mark listed as a major when. Yes. Okay, so that's definitely going to happen. Sliver Homeworld. Ooh. Ooh, I'm into that. Minor win. We have a lot of new worlds to make. I assume we'll get there eventually. So many new worlds. I still want to go to Vryn. What, uh... Isn't that where Jace is from? Yes. Yeah. It seemed really cool. With a floating, like... Yeah, it had, like, giant mage rings and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, the mage of, rings. You know, and sphinxes. Oh, that would play with your mind? Yeah. Yeah, I'm into Seems it. Seems like a cool place. We probably will go to Vryn. I mean, I hope so. Here's a similar question. A second planeswalker of a non-human species that already has one. Oh, I see. Like Ugin was for dragons, but then an example with Merfolk or Gorgon. Oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of an interesting. That's a minor win. I mean, do you think that people identify Vraska as a Planeswalker first or a Gorgon first? Great question. Um, I'm going to say, I'm gonna say oh, Planeswalker. Okay. I'm going to say, like I was going to say, if I said Vraska, you would say? Planeswalker. Right. Yeah. I agree. For sure. But if I said Eugene, you would say? Dragon. I would say Ghost Dragon. <laughs> It's just what you think first. Exactly. More relatives of planeswalkers on cards. Oh, just like PNLR. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Except it was so sad when it happened it the last time. Sad. So what about not? It was very sad. That's a major win for Mark Rosewater. Uh, okay. I can't handle Ooh, it. And listen to what he says here. We're going to keep creating worlds that certain planeswalkers are from. So it okay. seems like just a matter of time before we meet more relatives. <gasps> What if we have a card that's Jace's mom? Jace's mom. What's <laughs> got going on? <laughs> yeah, she probably does too. Um, a new. Why are you talking about Jace's mom? Like I don't that, know, Maria. I don't know. Weird. It was just a thought. <laughs> a new subtype, for instance, in sorceries. Minor win. Uh, my assumption is we'll create a new me mechanic one day that needs it. Oh. So this is like, um, like arcane. 
Splice um, onto Arcane. Yes. Or there were, weren't there instances in sorceries that were tribal? Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. stuff like that is what they're talking about. Okay. Um, when or if more Dominaria dwarves, major when. I assume each Dominaria visit will get us more. So, like, what does he mean? We're going back again? When? Reporting for duty, Major Wen. <laughs> Major Wen's here. A legendary five-color angel for commander. Minor win. It's the kind of card I expect us to make one day. Yeah, I agree. They're going to make that one day. Come on. <laughs> White on spell it. that draw cards equal to the difference between cards in your hand and opponent's hand. White does not get <laughs> card draw. If you want to draw cards, you want to be blue. And you need to stop asking for other colors things. <laughs> Play with your own toys. Play with your own toys, okay? If you like white, you can gain life and you can have a bunch of creatures. But if you want to draw cards, you get your butt into blue. This is a major if. No surprise there. Exactly. A faction set with three factions got a major win from Mark Rosewater. Players love factions, so I anticipated us trying different things with them. That's true. Wild West Plane. (gasps) Minor win. My gut says it will happen one day. Oh, boy. Nice. Okay. Nice. Nice. Oh, this nice, is my favorite nice. one. Constructed playable equipment. Hoof. This is a major win. Yes. My best guess is that it will be colored when it happens. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So some equipment that has a color okay. identity instead of colorless equipment. Okay, that's Say interesting. What? I'm into it. Nice. Um, let's see. We have... Um, Another standard set with a lower stakes storyline with comparatively small relevance to any multi- multiverse level threat like Kamigawa, original Innistrad, original Ravnica, Lorwyn, etc. Major win, not every story is about the fate of the world. Yeah. Well, a lot of them have been recently. And especially since we're going back to one block stories, you yeah. know, that, that makes it much more likely. Exactly. Nin- ninja creature type back in black border if or when that is a minor when he says i'm not sure what world they'll show up on but i do think we'll see ninjas again one day what about this one you use the wombat creature type again wombat could be a simic shark wombat i'm very here for shark wombat i love it wombat. minor if though if R- if rnd has one giant wombat fa- wombat fan so i wouldn't count wombats out completely out oh okay wombats wombats great um and an instant sorcery matters mechanic. Didn't we just get that? Seems likely. Kind of. Addendum doesn't say that they matter. That talks about phases of your turn mattering. I guess I was thinking cool. about jumpstart, but oh, that's I mean, I think it's a little different. About, like, like murmuring mystic is a card that gets pretty close. A uh, crackling drake, I think, does, but it's not a mechanic, right? Yeah. It's just a single card. Let's see. Cleric tribal in standard brackets again is a major when we do tribal every set and clerics are in most sets. So the number game is in its favor. <laughs> okay. I, that, that is surprising to me. Um, another homerid. <laughs> that's a minor when I think that's definitely going to happen. Ooh, I like this one. A set with a villain versus villain story. I'm into that. Yes. Um, Major win or minor win, depending on how you choose to define villain. Oh. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Like, maybe there are some people out there who think for a while Vraska's a villain, but Vraska's not a villain. Vraska's a misunderstood Gorgon. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Return to Lorwyn is a minor if. Okay, so my question got answered here. There you Once go. Once upon a time, this would have been a major if, but if there have been 
but there have been numerous signs that the enfranchised players would really like to go back. That said, returning to a world that did badly is not the easiest thing to sell internally. Wow, well, I didn't know Lorwyn did poorly. Well. I wonder why. It was the first Planeswalkers and stuff. I have no idea. And the stuff was cool. Um, we have Return of Flipwalkers, i.e. Magic Origins. Major win. I loved it. Okay. Oh, I loved it so much. This is definitely they happening. Say everyone loved it because it was so cool. It was really cool. It was so cool. And this is probably going to happen in War of the Spark. We called this already in our speculation show. Which is, oh, the Flipwalkers. Except yeah, it was worth right. flipping in the reverse way. That's true. We speculated on it. We did. We did. Return to Tarkir with the old clans. Major win, minor win. Return to the alternate timeline is a minor if, but return and the clans play a role in the current timeline is a major win. How about this? The return of Garrick. Major win. All right, Garrick's coming back. Someday. Most of you like Garrick. We like Garrick. His return is only a matter of time. Let's see. That's pretty good. A Viking-themed plane uh, is a minor win, so a lot of people call for a Viking-themed plane, and that seems more plausible. What do you mean by a lot of people? I just see it all the time when what people are like, what kind of plane should we do? And I and Viking seems to be a number one like suggestion Why? from people. We should make a poll right now. Okay. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Where, what are you going to poll? You know, like what what kind of plane? What kind of plane? And then, like, yes. one of the options is, like, B-52. There's, like, bomber. yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's Boeing 747. Yeah, but Boeing 747. Okay. That's where I want to go. What kind of plane? Viking plane. Yep. Um, what's another one that someone talked about? Wild West. Just Wild West plane. Yep. Um, uh, we could do, like, a return. Or do you want to do just, no, new, just, just new planes? New, new planes. Okay. Specifically themes. Um. My suggestion would be like a Sky World plane. What does that mean? That's the one. So we talked about Mark Rosewater giving me a slap on the wrist in his article. It's oh, because yeah. I pitched a Blind Eternities plane to him. I but mean, all we have to do is look for the major if. Yeah. <laughs> this It's not in here. It's in oh. a different article. Um, but he said that it was too weird. He said that the Blind Eternities is not a place. You can't just go there. It would be like a set set in doorways is what he said, to which I respond awesome, to which he says, no, that's impossible. <laughs> there's not mountains. There's not swamps. There's not any of these things. There are also no creatures live there except Eldrazi. What are you going to do? And I'm like, no, 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 Mark. You just got to think outside the box. But um, anyway, that's that's what he, he kind of rebuffed me about. But um, so I adapted my idea into a plane that could fit more along his lines of thinking, which was a plane where aerial dogfighters are like the kings and queens of the world. And they and some of them go all the way up into space to like battle each other. They go through the atmosphere of the plane. Some of them fight like in the, amongst the treetops. And that's the green, the forest kind of creatures. Some are like the goblins and they blast their way like through mountains and stuff to fight. And it's kind of like a culture that revolves around um, aerial battle, which in my head looks Wait, like. Are you trying to tell me that you would count battle inside of a mountain as aerial battle? No, like they like blast through to like get a get the get Ooh. on there who they're fighting. Okay. Anyway, this seems like something goblins would do, but it's like uh, Thor Ragnarok, um, the planet where they find Hulk. Doing battles kind of like a garbage junk world that revolves okay. around. Now you've sold me on garbage junk world. Garbage junk world. That's world. all you had to say. And it revolves around battle in the pit in the center and everyone bets on it and whatever. But in this world, it's the same aesthetic. But instead of battling like in a gladiator ring, they're battling on in pl- on plane flight fights. 
Okay, hear me out. What if instead Thunderdome? I mean, yeah, it's kind of like a Thunderdome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just okay. love vehicles, so I wanted vehicles to come back. Oh, uh, <laughs> vehicles are the worst. <laughs> vehicles are creatures you can't kill on your turn. Anyway, I don't know how to concisely put that in a Twitter poll, but there you go. <laughs> That's my pitch. Okay. That's my pitch. So we have Wild West, Viking, yep. Thunderdome. Yep. Oh, this one says a thematic African set, which gets a minor win. Or excuse me, a, yeah, a minor win for Mark Rosewater. We have a lot of new worlds to create, so probably one day is what he says. A new plane about 1,001 nights. Well, I think an Arabian Persian inspired plane is a minor win, but there's no guarantee it will be Rabia. Okay. All right. Well, everyone, there's a lot of questions. You can go and find this list yourself yeah. and read through all of the different things, depending on what you might be invested in. Do you like Doretti? I mean, there's an answer yeah, about Dreddy's whether we'll cool. see Doretti again and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, planeswalker cards with multiple types Ooh. besides just planeswalker. I like frog it. Frog spirit, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Frog spirit, planeswalker. <laughs> frog spirit, planeswalker. Yeah, that's Mark Rosewater's Tumblr. I'll link to it in the show notes so you can go and check it out. He's very good at responding to fans, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And yeah, really cool to get kind of a little bit of insight onto where he thinks magic might be headed. <laughs> time for story time with megan that's right everyone so today i'm updating you on what the golgari happenings are Ooh. first of all um vraska is the guild leader of the golgari yeah um she has a whole underground court um which Sick. is awesome a mushroom throne yes and a mushroom dress that dress is great so um in the story the it, it follows the story of a crowl so i was talking about how these are a little bit more like slice of life um so it's a crowl, which is a type of insect, and it's really gross because at first he's talking about how his sister is their mom's favorite, and then they go back and they it sounds like they're like at you know all of their homes, but then you figure out that their home is actually just like the the decayed exoskeleton of what was once their mother. What? Yeah, it's <laughs> very gross. Very gross. Oh, very so weird. Must have been a big mom, or else just yeah. big or enough, like a giant beetle or something. Or I think like the crow laid its eggs in a giant beetle. Also, oh, it's the like crow harpooner. Yes. Okay, so being like your mom's as big as a house is just like literally what? It's not an insult for them because no. like she yes. just is. She just is their home. Okay. And they all live in her decayed carcass. <laughs> The Gross group, and weird. The Golgari are fun. Yeah. <laughs> Very fun. So this crawl works on a rot farm. Put, Harvest- up, put up an air freshener. I can smell mom's rotting guts. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Except I think it doesn't bother them. Oh, They're like, okay. this is fine. Um, and so they work on a rot farm, which is where they cultivate. They go I and get a bunch farms. of kinds of mushrooms and stuff. Um, and it turns out that there's been a new lich elected. Oh. Um, which is like a, a sub ruler of the Golgari. And the Crowler, like, it's always the different Devcaran elves. It's always Devcaran elves. Um, the elves, you know, and the elves look down on the Crowl all the time. And the el- ev- But the elves are, el- are still kind. Golgari. Yeah, they're Golgari elves. Okay. Um, the G- Devcaran are Golgari elves. Anyways, and they're like, oh, the new lich is still a, f- a stinking elf. 
Um, but they they need a new like necromancer assistant. Um, Obviously. And so it's going to be a competition <laughs> of who can collect these four mushrooms. And so this crowd runs off to do that. Okay. Um, to be part of the competition. And they do. And there's a whole competition thing. And a bunch of terrible things happen to people. Like there's like a, a tree, a, a sentient tree that eats a bunch of people. Oh. Um, there's a type of all of the mushrooms that they're collecting are different, very deadly types of mushrooms. Yeah. So there's like one, the like a zombie fungus that if it get if you get any of it on you or you eat any of it on accident, it like possesses your brain and eventually oh. it grows all inside your body. Oh my God. Um, it grows all inside your body and uses you to do its bidding so that it can go and spread its spores everywhere. Do you want to know a really gross story? No. All right. Not the way you're saying that. <laughs> I really don't. I'm pretty sure I don't. This basically happened to me in real no. life. No. No. What? Sorry. How? I had to say it. I got attacked. I got mushroom attacked. How? Um, in high school, I was horsing around with some of my friends and rolled into a pile of mushrooms. And they picked all the mushrooms and started like smearing them all over me. What? And then I your was, friend. Those are not your friends. Maria. I got mushroom infected. And I had to go to the doctor and they had to give me antifungal cream because I was turning into a mushroom person. That's disgusting. Is that the grossest thing you ever heard? Also, your friends are terrible. <laughs> That's really upsetting. Yeah, it was pretty you disgusting. Not, you know. High school. Hashtag high school boys. They're animals. Um, That's terrible. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oof. Um, and then there's like this other one. This other type of mushroom that they get. That's the last one that if you eat it, you basically become like all of your rage takes over and you just kill everyone that you see until it wears off. Whoa. And so, um, he, and so the Krowl and another elf tie and the elf King is like, okay, you can both be my assistants. But then really he teaches all of the magic to the elf. Yeah. And then he just has the Krowl do whatever. And then get the, coffee. Exactly. Basically, <laughs> basically. Um, and then the Krowl overhears the Lich talking to some Boros officers being like, you know, the Tr Tin Street Massacre that happened because of this type of mushroom that causes someone to become enraged. And I planted that mushroom that it was sourced from on Vraska's gown tonight so that you I'm framing. Basically, he was framing Vraska and got her arrested. Ooh. Um, and then this this little uh, Krowl is like, I have to go tell Vraska this. Um so he goes to Vraska's court and he's trying to get to her, but she's like way, way, way high up. And she's talking to all of her people down below. And so he eats the zombie mushroom because it makes you the way that this one possesses you is it makes you want to climb really, really high so that then when it explodes in your body, it sends its spores everywhere. So he <gasps> takes it, climbs, 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 um, takes the mushroom from Vraska's cloak and then jumps off the balcony um, and falls into a swamp and then wakes up at the end being like, what happened? I had to have died. And then it's like, he was died. He was died. <laughs> <laughs> he was dead. He was died the whole he time. Was no, he wasn't died the whole time, but oh. he was dead. And then one of the officers from Vraska's court, like, um, lichd him back to life, necromancied him back to life. Not to life, but he's been like necromancied. Oh. And it's really cool because all of the Golgari always think about at the end of it he's just like oh i thought that all this stuff mattered but now i have my whole death ahead of me to do oh, all of these things that's cool and it was very cool also like highly disturbing very gross and you know Question. like it really sucks that the elves of the golgari you know there's a lot of allegory in there about how badly they treat the crow 
So, so the elves in this case, they were looking to unseat Vraska, so they're not very good subjects. No. And now Vraska knows. Now I think so. Yeah. That they were after her. Yeah. Mushroom crown. Yeah. As it were. Exactly. And talk about the extension that you can get to put on okay. these stories. Also, I saw the other day that someone made a Chrome extension where if you put in this Chrome extension, <laughs> at the end of every magic story, it will append a little line. And then just meanwhile on Innistrad, Sword is still stuck in a rock. <laughs> That's not like the exact line, but then it, and it has the like a little art of Nahiri sticking him in a rock, I love which I it. think is just like really amazing. Yeah. So big props to whoever made that extension. I love it. Delightful. Just because, you know, sometimes you just need to be reminded at the end of every magic story that meanwhile, back on Innistrad, Soren Markov is still stuck in a rock. Fabulous. It also made me remember that when we were talking about planeswalkers that we hope win the whole thing. I mean, I love Nahiri. Yeah. She's probably my fave. Yeah. By the way, have you seen the new art released for more of the spark that was out no. there today? It was on the front page of Reddit, and it's a picture of Nicol Bolas looking more hu- and more human than he's ever looked. Uh-huh. Which is kind of, I don't think, I think that's just the way it's drawn. But Nicol, it's Nicol Bolas standing in a, like a godlike figure with a, a brilliant light coming from behind him. You know, uh, what am I trying to think of? Um, the sun, the sun. Oh, the immortal the sun. The immortal sun, I think emanating this light all of the zombies that he's created on Amonkhet the army the undead army surrounding him a portal to Amonkhet you can see behind him and Liliana kind of like in his grasps like uh, like uh, wrapped um his tail is like wrapped around her looking like she's kind of mind controlled uh-oh what do you think <gasps> here wait is this it that's it oh my goodness doesn't it like look pretty cool it looks very cool what is this what is this thing above him i don't know is that the immortal sun maybe i don't know it could be <gasps> and these look at these you know what these all are yeah that's the uh, the the champions the blue zombies from Amonkhet. yeah <gasps> wow so maybe a little preview of what's going to happen in War of the Spark, which, we, you know, we could have guessed that Nickel was going to get his zombie army ready to go. Yeah. And they were going to use the planar bridge, yep. the planar portal, whichever one it was. This I don't is what, look, what it looks like right yeah, there. Because you Tezzeret can see. That Tezzeret got to make them bring it all, put the planes together, bring all his zombies wherever he want. And you can tell that's Amonkhet because there's two suns. Where do you see? Oh, yeah. The two suns behind Lily, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that looks like the portal. So yep. that's like the portal behind her that they're all coming through? Yeah. Uh-oh. That's so creepy. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm very excited, though. Yeah. Uh, well, before War of the Spark comes out, we'll have time to catch you up on what each of the little backstories of all the guilds was in Storytime with Megan. You know, just remember, you have your whole death ahead of you. <laughs> that's great. Megan, look, it's Ghost Host. Oh, no. Oh. Maria, that's a, that's a skeleton. It's just a skeleton on a bag. skeleton on a bag. Hey, we're here to tell you about Ultra Pro, and this is one of their cool dice bags that has a little skull with a bow in its bones. A bow in its <laughs> bones. <laughs> I was going to say hair, but it has no hair, hair on this thing. <laughs> a bow in its bones. It's really cool. They've got so many sweet accessories for your yeah. gaming needs. Um, there's tons of stuff like 
awesome play mats, awesome sleeves. No matter what guild you're in, there are sleeves for you. No matter what magic art you like, there are sleeves that will appeal to you. Trade binders to keep all your nice cards safe and so much more. You know what? If you want to be like Autumn Lily and win a Mythic Championship, perhaps you should use Ultra Pro Guild Sleeves, which is exactly what they were using when they won the Mythic Championship. Simic oh, Sleeves. Really? Yeah. Spicy. So think about it. If they're good enough for a Mythic Championship winner, they're good enough for you. <laughs> All right, that's our show for today. Cats and kittens, put away your mittens. It's time to not listen to this anymore. Hey. <laughs> What was that? Wow. I that don't know. Was, I went I somewhere to, for a second. I was trying to figure out what you reminded me of, but I don't um, remember. I don't really know. Hey, cats and kittens. A 50s announcer. Yeah, I think that's is just, I was just thinking of like television yeah. back in the day. Back in the day TV. Because I know so much about back in the day TV. You know what we do know so much about? What? This giveaway. Oh, yeah. So we've been doing a Gleam giveaway for our Patreon Pledge Drive month in February. Mm -hmm. And the winner of the whole thing this month is none other than Kyle Burton from California. Congrats, Kyle. Go ahead and give us a little email. Yeah, we'll um, we'll send you a prize package full of great stuff, including these foily boggle boys. That's right, Maria's foil boggle birthday giveaway. Yes, that's right. It's almost my birthday, so these little boggles are headed to a new home. You oh. feel free to do whatever you like with them. Put them in a boggle deck or burn Don't them. Don't you just give your pets away every birthday? <laughs> <laughs> that's so Everyone's so birthday dark. comes around and it's a giant pet swap. <laughs> Ooh, a pet swap. Yeah. Okay. Wait, that made it sound like everyone's birthday is on the same day. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if that would work. That was very dark. Anyway, something that's not dark. What? The, the sky outside? The good kind of chocolate. Ooh, oh, shots wow. fired. Shots Korea, fired. Milk chocolate shots fired. is just like the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> you heard me. I said it's the toilet of chocolate. I was actually going to say uh, <laughs> Patreon Pledge Drive Month. It's oh. coming to an end this episode. And uh, yeah, we're so very thankful once again for everybody who became a patron on patreon.com slash glhfmagic. But don't worry, if you didn't get a chance to, there's still time to get in under the bar for the end of February and get those free Megan and Maria tokens. That's right. And if you're already a patron and you're like, hey, I would love some tokens. If you up your pledge at all this month, you can also get in on that sweet, sweet deal. Um, they're, they're so cool. Yeah. We really love them. We hope that you're going to love them also. Yeah. We've got a new way for you to get them next month, but we're not going to tell you about that just yet. Keep no. you in suspense. Um, but yeah, please uh, feel free to continue your me membership after this month because it is still super relevant that you help out our show in these difficult times. Yes. And thanks to Card Kingdom and Ultra Pro once again for being our sponsors. Once again, go to cardkingdom.com slash GLHF and use that link uh, so they know you support us when you buy anything there. Remember to ask for a good luck high five sticker in your order. That's 100% free. Well, I'm going to go put my head in a snowbank. Ooh, really? I feel so out of it. <laughs> Do you think that'll wake you up? Well, probably. Either that... <laughs> Either that or it won't. <laughs> <laughs> or it'll do the exact opposite. <laughs>